Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a series we're doing on the church. And uh, we've been talking about what the church is. Um, and, and just to keep going back to it, you know, the church is people. When the Bible refers to the church, it's always talking about the group of believers from all time until now, or specific groups of people in specific places are also referred to as the church. But um, my, my hope is, and I know we'll, we'll, we'll never totally get this in our vocabulary and vernacular straightened out, because we'll continue to say, hey, let's go to church. But I, I want in your knowers to start thinking, well, we're, we're going to the church facility. We are the church. You guys are the church. We're the, the, pe- we're the church, the people of the church. This is just our building um, for this sp- specific group, but you're the church. When you leave here, the church leaves the building, all right? And you're still the church. Individually and corporately, wherever you are, you're the church. As followers of Christ, you are the church. And so I want to sort of make sure that that's kind of sinking in every week as we talk about the church and what that means. And last week as we were um, finishing up, I asked you to think about this this week, um, that the church is ultimately about relationships. And it's about our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with the people of God. And it's about our relationship with those who don't yet know Jesus. And what I want to do is sort of spend some time thinking about those ideas in the weeks ahead and that those relationships um, are developed in the context of worship, discipleship, fellowship, and mission. That our relationship with God, our relationship with people of God, and our relationship with those who don't yet know Jesus are, are all developed in those areas of church life, if you would. Um, worship, discipleship, fellowship, and mission. So I want to talk about those things in the weeks ahead. Uh, and, and as they apply to the church, to us, and to what we're called to be, and our mission, and all those things that go along with that. And so I want to start this, uh, uh, this part of the series by talking about the church, um, and that's us, as a worshiping community, and what that means. So that's what we're going to start to dig into today. Transition, you know, has always got a little bad joke in it. Uh, and so here it is. Well, what do you call it when Batman leaves church early? Christian Bale. That's really funny. You, if you don't get it, you'll have to look up the actors who played Batman. Anyway, it's really bad, right? Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> it's okay. The scripture reading is here on purpose. That will not translate into Spanish. <laughs> That's just so you know. <laughs> yeah. So you so unfortunately you can't use that one. <laughs> Revelation chapter five, verses six through fourteen. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people 
and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve God, and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. And blessed be the word of the Lord. In our um, Wednesday night meetings, we're studying right now the book of Revelation, and we just, um, in the last few weeks, have been looking at Revelations 4 and 5, which are about worship. And it uh, gives us a picture of the throne room of God and what's taking place, and, and how these living creatures are there um, that are almost impossible to describe and, and, and they're worshiping God and the elders are around the throne 24 elders are also there around the throne of God God is sitting on the throne um, in Revelation chapter 5 God's in the throne in 4 Revelation 5 Jesus comes into the middle of that and, and, uh, and, and they, they worship Him um, uh, Father, Son all, all being led by the Spirit of God and we, we watch these, um, this amazing display taking place around the throne and there's there's lights that are beyond description that that uh, John tries to describe in chapter 4 but this is an amazing event and then outside of that it, it, without being able to number these angels begin to sing and then from the earth the believers join in to this amazing process that's taking place as worship is poured out around the throne and as, a, as the church um, we are a part of that process taking place and that as we engage in worship we join in with everything that's going on and it somehow transcends space and time and and we become a part of um, this this amazing thing that's happened we're, we're tying in with what's taking place in the throne room of God in Christ and and so worship is this huge part of the church and what we're called to do and so I want to talk about this idea um, this week and, and, and some next week about what it looks like. And so the first point in your notes is, is that, you know, a pretty good question, I think. But what is worship? What is worship? And the, the corporate worship of the church to God is more than just an activity or activities. It's a way of living in the world and before God that demonstrates that God is first and foremost in everything. That's part of worship. That's what worship looks like. It's a way of living. It's a way of living in this world that, that the world can see that God is first in our lives. That um, I, I've talked this before. It was something that C.S. Lewis introduced that in, in his story, God is the noun and the church, we are adjectives. We describe the noun. Our lives describe the noun of the story. We are not the noun of the story. We're adjectives in his story by his grace and mercy. And that our lives are to describe God as the noun of the story. He alone is the reason the church exists. It exists for him, through him, by him, to him. All things are for him. And this is the, the heart of worship. And, and so when we talk about worship, 
Oftentimes what people think of is, is singing a few songs in order to prepare for the sermon, but worship is much, much more than that. Worship is, in effect, the way that we invite the kingdom to be established on earth. Um, most of you know the Lord's Prayer. You're familiar with the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, in effect, is a call to worship and an invitation for the kingdom of God to come. Matthew 6, 9, and 10. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's a call to worship. And then your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and our, our call to worship, in effect, invites the kingdom of God. And when you read about the kingdom of God... We talked about that a lot. The kingdom means many things, but it always means his rule and reign um, in, in the earth and in, throughout the universe. It's his rule and reign, his right to rule uh, and reign over all things. And, and so we're inviting his rule and reign here, um, in effect, by the way that we live this life out um, before him and before the world around us. Hebrews 12, the writer of Hebrews 12, 28, 29 says, Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful, and so worship God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And so our lives, because of all that God has done for us and is doing for us, um, and, and, and out of that, and in response to who He is, our lives are to be um, lives of worship. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a reasonable, uh, Paul says, act on our parts that we would live lives of worship, lives that put him first and foremost in all that we do. And um, that we join in, in effect, with what's going on around the throne room of God with, with that concept in mind of, of how amazing it is to be a part of this, uh, this story that we're in, this eternal story that begins the moment we come to know Christ and continues forever and that we join in with everything that's going around the throne even in the midst of our daily lives and of what's going on around us and so it's it's more than just an activity or activities it's it's the way that we live it's a calling on our lives to be the worshipers of God to worship in spirit and truth to worship him all in that it, that is a priority of what we do and, and that that this idea settles upon us that as the church um, and we're the church that, that worship is, uh, you know, at the highest priority uh, of our lives. It's, it's at the highest of what we're called to in response to all that he's done, is that we become a worshiping community um, together and also individually. And, and that's the second point. So our worship must be corporate as well as private. And so we're, we're called to gather together collectively to become a worshiping community. Um, and it's extremely important. Uh, it's extremely important that your, your lives of worship continue when you're by yourself. Uh, and yet sometimes what happens is people will put an emphasis on that and they'll begin to neglect the corporate form of worship. And yet we can't because this idea of, of corporate worship is vital in the life of the church, which is us. Um, not the life of the establishments in our life. It, it's, it's vital that we understand not only the privilege it is to be part of, of a worshiping community, but the calling 
to be a part of a worshiping community. And so we, we need to worship God together and join together to do that. Psalm 149.1 says, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, His praise in the assembly of the saints. The psalmist calls us to this idea of gathering and worshiping and praising in song um, to the Lord together, that it's vital that this takes place together. And that I, I read, I started the scripture reading by talking about what's happening around the throne um, because I wanted you to see the importance of the, the corporate worship that takes place. Because if the best of worship was something that could be done privately, what we'd have recorded for us is these amazing solos of worship that were happening in the heavens, and we don't see that. We see million member choruses joining in, worshiping God around the throne, and that we're to join in to this, this great collective and chorus of what's taking place around the throne. And so we're to worship corporately, and our worship, this is the third point, needs to be all in. Our worship needs to be all in. And by that, when I use that term, we, we did a whole series on that. I mean heart, mind, soul, and strength. Um, that that um, worship, um, it, as I said, it consists of all aspects of what we do. But, but at, the, at, at its heart, because of what we understand around the throne room of God, part, uh, the, at the heart of our worship is our gathering together and, and just singing and praising and thanking and, and loving Him. And, and uh, taking time and stopping everything else and making him the focus of our lives in the midst of our lives and, that, and so that you know the, the coming together is, is not something that we do just to get it out of our way it's, it's part of this amazing journey that we're on this life that we're called to that stops everything and says God you're first and foremost at this part of my life and, and so when we gather um, together as the church um, corporately, you know, the, the idea that we have as we, we worship isn't, oh, we're just here to be entertained for a little while. It's that we've come, and now what we're going to do is we're going to focus all in on Him, heart, mind, soul, and strength, and, and that we're, gonna, we're just going to give Him all that we are in this opportunity that we have to worship. Because otherwise we, we can move into this place that's very stale and, and doesn't honor God. Matthew 15 Eight, 8 and 9, Jesus said this, These people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. See, they, they, they're not embracing the, the reality of what it means to join in the corporate worship of God, not only together, but with the angels around the throne and the elders around the throne and the, and the living creatures around the throne, that we join in with them in this amazing time of honoring God with all that we are, all in, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that uh, it's, it's, a, it's a gift that we should never take for granted or just wish it would be over or, or just moving through something else. It's this amazing process that we're called to and that we're invited into. And that we'll be doing throughout eternity. You know, there's the, 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 the idea is that, that we can tap into things right now um, because our eternal lives have begun in Him that we'll be doing for all eternity. And there'll be nothing like it. And, and I don't believe, you know, because some people have this idea of heaven and stuff, you know, sitting on a crowd, you know, on a cloud playing a harp. They think, you know, be-do-do-do. And, and that's, that's nothing. Um, the pictures that we have, limited as they are in the book, about what takes place, it's awesome. 
And we're still called to, to life and there's, there's things that we'll be doing and, and we'll still have you know, purpose and, and it won't just be... But there'll be times when, when we engage somehow uh, around the throne of God and, and it's going to be beyond what we can comprehend now but we can tap into it now at some level. And because we can do that, we should do that um, because it's, it's going to be something that you do throughout time and forever. And yet you have the ability to tap in now. And sometimes when we get, oh, we're too busy for that, or it's just this. And, and I think we miss what can happen at the heart as we come to God and just join all in in our praise to Him. See, and as the church, as we grasp what it really means to be the church and to be His kids and all that He's done for us and all that He continues to do and all that He will do throughout time, um, that, that, that we're compelled to, to praise Him in this process. Paul said this in Romans eleven thirty three through 36 Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom of the knowledge of God and knowledge of God, how unsearchable His judgments and His paths beyond tracing out. Who's known the mind of the Lord or who's been His counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay Him? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things and to Him be the glory forever. Amen. This idea of praise is is celebrating how awesome God is and all that He's done for us. And there's a number of Hebrew words um, that that we translate as praise. You know, oftentimes the the original languages, you know, the Hebrew language and the Greek language, they have many words to describe just what, what we only have one word for, like love is like that. There's five or six words in the Greek for love, but we just have love. Um, praise is another word in the Hebrew. There's five or six different words that, that are translated um, as praise, but a few of them, like one of them is yada, which means praise and give thanks or confess, and another one is zamar, which means to sing praise, and another one is halal, where we get the, the you know, hallelujah from, which means to praise and honor or commend and as we can see uh, throughout these words the the idea is it's it's about giving thanks and honor to the one who is worthy of praise and so praising God is giving him the recognition that he deserves the psalmist in Psalm 150 says this um, and last psalm of, of all the psalms praise the Lord praise God in his sanctuary praise him in his mighty heavens Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flute. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And this is the heart's cry of the psalmist. And, and, and it's, the, it's the last of the psalms that are in the book. And he's saying, listen, everything else that you've been to remember that we're called to praise and to worship. And all of us who have breath, especially those of the citizens of the kingdom, realize that, that even that breath is a gift from him. We, we're to fill our lives with his praises. And as the church, we, we must gather together and, and fulfill this, this most important task of giving him praise and glory and honor and thanks for the one who is worthy of praise and the one who is worthy of our worship. And, and, and at the end of this age, all of God's people will join in eternal worship and praise of God. Revelation 22 says this, and so this is at the end of the book of Revelation and everything's been straightened out and it's getting straightened out now for all times. And it says, The angel also showed me the river of the water of life 
sparkling like crystal and coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb and flowing down the middle of the city street. On each side of the river was the tree of life which bears fruit twelve times a year, once each month, and its leaves are for the healing of the nations. Nothing that is under God's curse will be found in the city. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will worship Him and they will see His face and His name will be written on their foreheads. And, and, and so our corporate worship and praise of God, it's just a foretaste of what's coming. It's preparation for the celebration of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that takes place throughout eternity and time. And it's ongoing now. As His kids, as His followers, as, as believers in Him, as those who have been saved and rescued by Him out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light, our, our lives of worship and praise are to begin. And we're to join in when we gather together in this whole idea of, of being a worshiping community. We're to be a discipleship community and a fellowship community and a missional community. And we'll talk about those things. And we, we try and do that here. It's why when we, we have meals at all the times and all the stuff that we do. And we, we, we have outreach and, and we have all the different studies and institutes and schools because we want to be all those things. But this is at the heart of it. We're to be a worshiping community. We're to be the, the, the people of God who come and who stop everything else for, for a time and just say, God, it's all about you. It's all about you. And I want to give you my very best, God. I want to give you my, my time, even though I'm really busy. I just want to stop and give you my time. I want to give you my heart in my song. I want to sing a new song to you, God, as it, as it strikes me by your spirit. I need to join in with the angels, the, 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 the millions of angels that you describe in your word as thousands upon thousands and ten thousand upon ten thousand. It's millions of angels, Lord. And then, then, and then the choir of the, of the earth joins in and sings with you and joins, Lord, with, with the angels and the elders and the living creatures. And, they, and just pour out from our hearts, Lord, and it said in, your, in our scripture reading today that these new songs, it just, they just pop up because you're so amazing. And we sing, worthy are you, God, and holy are you, God, and awesome are you, God. And it, and it just springs from that which is in us in response to who God is. So my heart is that, that as the church, we would always understand how amazing that part of what we are is. And what he's given us is. And that we would never just pass over it or, 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 or think it's something else or it's just something to pass some time or to fill up some time or it's, it's something we do between this part of getting together and this part of getting together. It's not. It's, it's, it's like what it's all about is making sure that we stop and say, God, it's all about you. And just telling him, I love you, God. Thanking him, praising him, letting him know that he's first. Corporately for those parts of time and it's a huge part of what we're called to and, it, and, and it's all about our relationship with him You'll, you know I love so I've told you I love the church and I mean that with all my heart I love the church the aspects of the church I love it I love the history of the church I love being the, the blessing of being part of the church and I love the idea of worship and, and that, that in the busyness of life that it's, there's opportunities just to stop 
and just say, okay, God, it, all the busyness, all the stuff that we do and the teaching and the, and the studying and, and, and the, the, the outreach and the things that we do to bless and all those things, at some point, because we do that because we love you, but at some point you just call us to stop and sit and just be with you. And, and he calls us to that privately and he calls us to that corporately. And he said, I just want you to sit and be with me. And let that be the most important thing in your life right now. Just being with me. And, and you learn so much in that part of it. I, all of the neat stuff happens there. At least for me. I, 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 love, I love the idea of worship. I know it's all for him. But because of who God is, he, he meets us there in ways that we can't even imagine. I love it. We worship. And we'll be in, in the... In, in a, people will come... And I'll watch them come in here and maybe they've never been here before and they don't know who we are or what we're doing or anything, you know, and they're, they, 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 they don't even really know why they're here. Sometimes somebody's invited them and they'll sit down and we'll begin to corporately engage in some worship and some praise and I'll just watch the Spirit of God just fall on people. And they'll be sitting there and all of a sudden they'll just begin to weep. They won't even know why. A lot of people tell me sometimes, every time I come in here, I begin to weep. I don't know what's going on. This never happens anywhere else. Some, some big rough people will say, I, I don't even, I'm just, bleh. And I'm like, it's, it's because we're joining in to something so much bigger than we are. And the very presence of God engages you and draws you in because that's who God is. And it doesn't even matter where we're at. I love, you know, when Jesus met the Samaritan woman, she was a mess and he, he doesn't call her on her stuff. He just says, you know what, Jesus? He says, you know what God is looking for? He says, God is looking for people that will worship him in spirit and truth. And he wants you to be one. And, and it just changed her. See, and that, he meets us there because of who he is. But our, our, the call on us is to worship him. And so whenever we engage in, you know, in all of it, all that we do is worship to him. We're supposed to live that way. But, but the, the concept of corporate worship and praise, when, when we engage in those times, my, my heart is that it would just impact you about how amazing that is and how significant it is that we're called to that in this time. So that's where we'll, uh, we'll finish that one. And we'll, we'll probably talk some more about worship next week. But uh, we're going to end it there. If you're watching by video on TV, thank you. Appreciate you doing that. Come and visit us. We'd love to spend time with you. But, uh, but that's good for now. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page. And uh, we'll, we'll happily pray for you.